Welcome to Espresso Prime, a podcast all about primes, short enough to listen to while you enjoy your cup of coffee. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Espresso Crime. Today's Sunday scaries are all about crimes in Indiana. So let's get right into it. Our first one on the list is Belle Gunnish. She was born November 11th, 1859. She was nicknamed Hell's Bell, and you'll figure out why in just a moment here. So she was a Norwegian-American serial killer who was active in Illinois and Indiana between 1884 and 1908. She is thought to have killed at least 14 people. Most of them were men that she enticed to visit her rural Indiana property on the promise of marriage, While some sources speculate her involvement in as many as 40 murders, she died in a fire in 1908, but it is popularly believed that she faked her own death. Second on the list is the murders at Claypool Hotel. The first murder took place on August 28, 1943. This is when a physical therapist in the Women's Army Corp was found in her hotel room. This murder, though, was never solved. The second murder took place on July 18, 1954. This is when a 18-year-old's body was found in a dresser drawer of all places. Police believe that the 18-year-old, who had just been a recent high school graduate, had been lured to the hotel on the promise of a job. An autopsy revealed she had been suffocated. Victor Lively was arrested and convicted of her murder and sentenced to life. Number three on the list is a really tragic case. Sylvia Lincolns was born January 3, 1949. She was 16 years old when she was tortured by her caregiver, the caregiver's children, and neighborhood youth, and even sometimes her sister who was forced to partake in the horrible abuse. For three months, she was neglected, belittled, sexually assaulted, and starved. She died from her injuries and malnourishment. Her autopsy showed 150 wounds, including several burns and scold marks. The caregiver, the caregiver's two children, and two neighborhood youth were all tried and convicted in May 1966 for neglect, torture, and her murder. Fourth on the list. So these were three friends, Bob Geis, James Barker, and Bob Hinson. They were in their late 20s to early 30s, and two of the three were friends that lived together. On December 1st, 1971, the three of them were found in their home and they were all murdered, bound, and ganked. Each of them had their throats slit ear to ear. So Gears and Hinson had both quit their jobs working for Ted Uland. The two allegedly took some of their former boss's clients' equipment and money. The former boss also took out $150,000 life insurance on them and became the prime suspect. To To this day, the triple murder remains unsolved and one of Indianapolis's most notorious unsolved crimes. Fifth on the list takes place on the evening of September 1st, 1978. This is when two bombs went off. The third exploded just half an hour later. They had been placed in trash cans and no one was close enough to get hurt though. The next night, another bomb went off and then another. On the fifth night, a police car was blown up. A gym bag had been left by itself in the parking lot as if it was forgotten by a player after a Speedway football game. One of the parents, who was 39, walked over to retrieve it when the bomb did go off. His right leg was nearly blown off and his left leg and his right hand were severely damaged. Doctors tried to save his leg but had to amputate. On July 29, 1978, Speedway resident who was 65 years old answered a knock at her door. A man she didn't know was standing there and he was asking about items she recently had had tried to sell at a yard sale. She let him into the garage to look at items and then this is when he shot her in the head. Investigators then started to look at Brett C. Kimberlin. 
In June 1981, he was convicted only of illegal possessions of explosions. The third trial took 53 days and 118 witnesses and ended with a conviction on the bombing charges on October 15, 1981. He was paroled in 1994 after serving about 13 years of a 50 sentence. In the same town, two months later, four people ranging in age from 16 to 20 were closing up a restaurant around midnight. One of them opened up the back door to take out the garbage. Their bodies were found two days later in a hilly wooden area. The restaurant offered a $25,000 reward and this case went closed and remains unsolved. Six on the list. Terry Lee Chastain was driving her kids to their babysitter's home on April 29, 1979. Her car broke down so she pulled to the side of the road and this is when a man came up to help. Within the hour, he brutally raped her, killed her, and then threw her children who were two, four, and five into a creek. This is when they then drowned. He was tried in January 1980 when he maintained his innocence the entire time. He later did confess and he was ex executed a year later. Seventh on the list, this is another sad case involving kids. On August 21st, 1981, King Edward Bell lined up his four kids on a bed in the basement of their home, and this is when he shot them all to death. In chalk above them, he wrote, Jesus, take these children. He then drove around the city where he seriously wounded the kid's mom, the mom's boyfriend, and grandmother by shooting. He pled guilty and committed suicide while in prison in July 1987. Number eight on the list is Larry William Eiler. He was born December 21st, 1952 and was an American serial killer who was believed to have murdered at least 21 teenage boys and young men in a series of killings committed in the Midwest between 1982 and 1984. He was convicted and sentenced to death by lethal injection for the 1984 kidnapping and murder of a 16-year-old and then he later voluntarily confessed to the 1982 murder of a 23-year-old. He also said he would confess to a further 20 unsolved homicides if the state of Illinois would commute his sentence to life imprisonment without parole. He became seriously ill in prison and 10 days later on March 16, 1994, died. Next on the list takes place in 1996. This is when the remains of 11 people were found on an 18-acre Fox Hollow farm near Westfield owned by Herbert Boaster. So, Indiana investigators believe that he was responsible for up to 16 deaths of teenage boys and men between 1980 and 1990. At the time, he was 49 years old and he owned thrift stores in Indianapolis. He drove to Canada where he shot and killed himself about a week after the Sheriff's Department began investigating the discovery of bones on his property. And that was on June 24, 1996. Next on the list is David Most. He was born April 5, 1954 and was a serial killer in both Germany and the U.S., of course in Indiana for making this list. In 1984, he was sentenced to 35 years in prison and he was released on probation in June 1999. Once he was finished with probation, he started killing again. This led to his final arrest and being sentenced to three life terms without the possibility of parole. In January 2006, about a month after being sentenced, he committed suicide in his jail cell. He left a note confessing to five killings. Next on the list is Alton Coleman and his accomplice, Deborah Brown. They committed a crime spree across six states from May to July in 1984, killing eight people. Coleman received a death sentence in three states and was executed in 2003. 
Brown was sentenced to death in Ohio and Indiana, which was reduced to life without parole. Next on the list is the I-70 killer. This is an unidentified American serial killer who is known to have killed six store clerks in the Midwest in the spring of 1992. His victims were usually young, petite, brunette, and brunette women. One of the victims was a man, but it is believed that the killer may have expected a woman in the store due to the store having a woman's name. All of the stores attacked were specialty stores and were usually only robbed of small amounts of cash. This case was included in our highway killers and I will have that episode in the write-up. Next on the list is the worst mass killing in Indianapolis history and it began on June 1st, 2006. This is when two men armed with an assault rifle and a handgun knocked on the door of a home. Inside were a couple, their two young sons and a grandson. The lights went out. Next neighbor saw the couple's two adult children arriving. Upon police arrival, they found seven bodies. They were gunned down by Desmond Turner and James Stewart, who mistakenly believed that the family had drugs and money. Turner is serving a life sentence and Stewart was sentenced to 421 years. Next on the list takes place on December 31st, 1975. This is when Cindy White, who was 17 at the time, set a fire that killed a Greenwood family of six. The victims in this family were Charles Robertson, who was 45, his wife Carol, who was 41, and their kids Michael, who was seven, Dale, who was six, Gary, who was five, and Sissy, who was four. This wasn't just a random occurrence or anything, though. Cindy was working as a live-in babysitter for this family, and she took this position soon after she was released from a psychiatric hospital. She was convicted by a jury in 1976 on six counts of felony murder and one count of arson. She was sentenced to six concurrent terms of life imprisonment. Next on the list is Orville Lynn Majors, who was born April 24, 1961. He was a licensed practical nurse and serial killer. He was convicted of murdering his patients in Clinton, Indiana. Though he was only tried for seven murders and convicted of six, he was believed to have committed additional cases between 1993 and 1995. This was during the period of time for which he was employed by the hospital where the deaths were occurring and then being investigated as well. It was reported that he murdered patients who he claimed were demanding, whiny, or just adding too much to his workload. I'm pretty dramatic, but that is really dramatic. Like, wow. Last on the list is Darren Van. He was born March 21st, 1971, and is an American serial killer. He was arrested on October 18th, 2014 for the murder of a 19-year-old at a Motel 6 in Hammond, Indiana. He also confessed to the murders of six other female victims. He led police to those women's bodies, all of which were found in five abandoned structures. That's just like an extra layer of creepy on this, just with the whole abandoned structures part. Um, that wraps up today's episode of the Sunday Scaries for Crimes by State for Indiana. And I will see you next Sunday for more Sunday Scaries by Expresso Crime. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.